you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Once again, this show putting together two guests that you would never conjure up in your wildest dreams to sit down in the same chair and talk into the same microphone and be on the same show. But that's how we roll here on this podcast. The two guests are Olivia Munn and Brian Arakpo, a man who hangs out with a caveman and a guest who is as far afield from a caveman as you could possibly think, Olivia Munn. Who's wait, in... wait, you mean they don't run in the same circles or wouldn't No, I think same, Olivia, Munn, Olivia Munn, um, as we will discuss, was texting me, oh, was, uh, was tweeting at me that she wanted to talk about exfoliation, which is what a caveman clearly needs. Clearly. Um, but at any rate, she's in Magic Mike, which I guess is full of cavemen in a way. The uh, Steven Soderbergh male stripper movie with Channing Tatum uh, and our podcast friend Joe Manganiello. And That's getting good reviews so far. Well, I mean, Soderbergh, Soderbergh. I, love, I love every movie he makes. Um, and so she's in that this weekend. She's in the newsroom on HBO, which uh, I'm a little loath to promote because it's on at 10 o'clock Eastern on Sunday nights. Yeah, don't watch it. Let's just say The Great I, Escape I, I, is on that on TNT. Right. And, I don't know, know that's what channel, my baby. I don't that's know what channel show. her show's on, but uh, we know your show's on TNT. <laughs> and I watched the newsroom. I, I T-voted, obviously, as I, I watched The Great Escape on TNT, which everybody else should do. And um, it's it's great. You well, know. Rich, you're, you're burying the lead a little here. Uh, Brockman and I hosted last week. And it was great. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I'm back in the chair here after you and Brockman hosted last week, your, in which I called parents. in yes. from the road where I was shooting the Louisiana Bayou episode, the swamp episode of, of Great Escape that's soon to come. Excellent. And that's the neat thing, too, about this show is that it gets better each week. I'm telling you, man. We got um, the this week Hornet, is this week USS is the Hornet. USS Hornet. We're escaping from an aircraft carrier. The next week is an insane asylum. The week after that is a missile silo, the Titan missile silo in Tucson, Arizona. Excellent. Week after that's that is great. the Boneyard, the Air Force Boneyard. Oh, from in Tucson, Con Air, Arizona, from, as well. From that's, the movie. That's from, from Transformers. You saw it in Transformers. And Con Air, and Con Air, right? and Con Air. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. People nice. have to escape, like break out of a, a C-130 and then a C-5. It's wow. insane. Insane. So, so we watched the show last night, and uh, not to get too much into it, but that guy Lex yeah. was awesome. It was great. Is there any way we can get Lex on the podcast soon? I think we can. We can work that out. I can talk to uh, the make the uh, producers because we're shooting our last episode this week. I mean, the guy had a undisclosed Brett, location. The guy had a Brett Michaels thing going, which we can look. Yeah, past, he was a mess. He was a wreck. He was a train not, wreck, which is what not, you need sometimes. Yeah, if you're not shows. a WWF wrestler or in a superhero movie, your name should not be Lex. It's, it's right. Guy's and you shouldn't Lex. be wearing a bandana. I, I <laughs> over your over basically over your ear. Like, I know he was a mess. Not a good look. He was a mess. Um, not so coincidentally, uh, can we give it away? They did not win. No, see, it's what you do, dude. I mean, it's been on the air, but people TiVo this stuff. All right. We'll just take it out. Gosh, man. Rookie over here. 
What in the world? Rookie, Miss Aaron Andrews, I don't recognize you. So, um, so yeah, you guys did a great job. Greg Rosenthal uh, was also a guest last week. I want to thank him as well for appearing. And uh, so Olivia Munn, we've been we've been we've been trying to get more estrogen on the show. And bottom line is, she's number two on the uh, Maxim hot list, and yeah. she's in For two, two hot shows. One that's on uh, what two hot, I guess, um, pop culture items, a hot uh, a TV show, and also a movie that's coming out this week. And she's also a cowboy fan, yes. and also an Oklahoma Sooner. So why not have a Washington Redskin? And a Texas Longhorn on the same one. And Brian Arakpo of the Washington Redskins, formerly of the Texas Longhorns, is on this podcast as well. See, there's a reason why they're matched up. It's perfect. Well, we found, I think those are the only. And he, before we interviewed uh, Olivia, he crashed the room. Yeah, yeah. We got to ask him about that. Well, do you think he knew who, who, you know, who she was? No I think chance. he did. You I do? do. I do. I do. All right. But yeah, Olivia is coming on. Um, she, and Olivia, by the way, worked with my wife. Oh, so back at, in the day. We're at it. At, at, Fox, at Fox, Fox Sports. No, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. Yeah. My wife, Susie Schuster, uh, was the anchor for the uh, Southern California Sports Report on the Fox Sports Net out here in Los Angeles for about three, four years. You know, after she left, you know who was the anchor after she left? Jen Brown. <laughs> Lindsay Soto. Now oh, yes. Lindsay Rhodes. Nice. Here on NFL Network. So I'm is, telling you, the, the, in this business... That's why you never, you always treat people with respect in this business. You yep. never know. That's well, why I treat you with respect, Brockman. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I never, you never know. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit of a law. I just, you I'll know. I'll take that. Well, is she going well, to have good stuff to say about Susie? Ah, uh, she better. <laughs> she better. You know, because I think my wife's going to listen to this podcast. Of course. Well, then. I mean, she has other, other ones, other ones, you know, other ones, all of them, other ones, just another podcast. This one might be, she might have, she might be zeroing in. I on thought you one. were implying that she sometimes skips an episode or two. Uh, well, she's, you know, we've got two kids at home. She's got a lot going on in her plate. And she's cruising around town in that hot As, as you heard with Ron Shelton last week, we're doing a, a show based on her, her career at places like the. Southern California Sports Report yep. and her sideline reporting for ABC Sports and stuff like that. And Olivia wanted to be a sideline reporter in sports. We'll talk about that with her um, and also talk with Arakpo. Fun times. We've been trying to get more estrogen on this show. I, we I mean, absolutely have. Do we know who number one is on the Maxim list? Do we find that uh, out? This season, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say Kate Upton. Uh, 2011. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who number one is. Either that or the doing the doing, doing the doing the Dougie. Uh, yeah, or whatever much. it was. Uh, give me a no, second. The cat daddy doing up. the cat daddy. Cat daddy. That wrapped it up on the spot. Hey, question. Uh, you have a pretty intimidating slash deep voice. Are oh. you intimidated by Arakbo though? Oh, uh, he's is... got he's got he's he's almost Vader like. He's it's got the James O. Jones thing going on. His voice is yeah. Gnarly. But I will not lower my voice you to won't. try and no, I don't do that. Again, I, I'm I am who I am, Chris. I am who I am. All right, all you right. know. All right, and um, and plus, you know, for all these folks out there, who have been bitching and and one starring us about no football conversations. You know, Rackpo is that that is what we got. I got an update. I, be on so, the, uh, I should not be so sensitive. I got an update on the Maxim Hot 100 for 2011, and list. its number one is Rosie Huntington Whiteley. Uh, I thought it's Whitley. No? Whitley, I'm not sure. So, I, so speaking of Transformers. Right. Okay. And Olivia's number two. Olivia number two, Katy Perry three, Cameron Diaz four. Not yet a friend of the podcast, Mila Kunis number five. Yeah. We're still trying. 
We're still trying. Efforting is a fight club. Called. Come on, fight club. Efforting. <laughs> that's who. I, well, that's that's who the fight club has been about for those regular listeners <laughs> of this podcast this week. All right, let's get to it. Um, Olivia Munn on the Rich Eisen podcast. Life is good for this next guest here on the Rich Eisen podcast. She is only bringing words written by Aaron Sorkin to life on the newsroom on HBO. She is only in a film directed by Academy Award winner Steven Soderbergh coming out this weekend, Magic Mike. She is Olivia Munn. So good to see you. Good to see you, too. Did you have to read off a card that life is good for me? You didn't. Actually, that note is there. I'm like the Ron Burgundy of sports broadcasting. You put any words in front of me, and I will say, even the F word, it gets me in trouble every now and then. But it's good to see you. It's good to you, see you, too. You are the first guest who has tweeted at me on the way. Really? Saying that we can talk about pandas, panda bears. Panda bears. It's girl talk. Uh, it's it girl talk. In. Yeah, girl talk with me. Is that but what this is about? I can. Yes, we can talk exfoliation. Exfoli- on NFL Which Network you for the very actually, first time. You were very excited about it. You, uh, I was having the makeup artist, uh, you know, lotion me up. Yes. And that was... he was a little jealous. He, he wanted to, <laughs> Not that he wanted to lotion me up, he wanted to be lotioned. Yes. I am, listen, when I, uh, I'm, an, I'm not a skier, I'm an apres skier. Uh-huh. I'm all into the apres ski. <laughs> I, I definitely, uh, I, I don't mind the spa treatments. Yeah, I don't he, mind the terry cloth yeah. robes. I, I fully am um, solid in my own manhood yeah, to say this stuff. And just for this interview today, I put in my extensions just for today. <laughs> this is what but I've got. When somebody says, like, I'm completely, like, comfortable in my manhood, usually if you're comfortable, you don't have to say that. Okay. That's just. So are you you're saying I'm that. I'm just saying. Normally. It's I'm, like 10 minutes of skiing. You know, yeah. the rest of the day, app, right? Well, I, I, I guess I'm the exception to that rule. Okay, that I am, I'm comfortable in my own you skin. That I could actually, I could probably, if thirty seconds worth of exfoliation, <laughs> that's probably all I could probably it's, give it's you. It's important on to exfoliate. Front. I mean, uh, this is the, for all the female fans out there. there uh, by the way, there are many. There are many. There are many. Uh, and I yes. know because I'm a fan. Okay. The you know, if you look at women, like uh, older women, the reason why you see old women always have the wrinkly lip right here, right? Okay. And you don't think think about all the men. What men do you know that have all the wrinkly lips, right? You don't see like cartoons, like old witches have the wrinkly lips. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. It's because men shave every day, so you're constantly exfoliating your skin. Mm. Women, we don't shave, so we're not always taking off the the dead layers of skin. So it's important to exfoliate. Wow. So that's why men you don't have the wrinkly lips because they have been exfoliating their whole life. So my dad- Daily routine is a natural exfoliation. You're not, yeah, and in additional to your 30 minutes of exfoliating daily. <laughs> oh, on top. So you're that's just, overkill. You're, it's then. anti-aging. You're it's, just going backwards. That's I'm again. I'm not just the Ron Burgundy. I'm the Benjamin Button <laughs> of sports television as yes. well. Yeah, I get. You're I like get. The I, Ron Button. I'm the Ron Button or the the Benjamin Burgundy. Yes. which is a little bit more alliterative. Uh, you you have a history. In sports television, I do. which I'd love to get into, you you did you want to be a sideline reporter? I did. My dream, initially? my dream was to do college football sideline, um, and then also you know the big dream Monday Night Football. Uh, you know, and I was I was in college when Melissa Stark was on, mm-hmm. and she was so wonderful. I thought she she's was, on NFL Network now. Yeah, she I, joined and, us and, about a year ago, and I ago. think that she's so she was to me somebody that was. Um, a, a woman who was still feminine and wasn't trying to cover up being a woman and wasn't trying to 
you know, flaunted either and was intelligent and articulate. And I, I, I was my, my big dream. I went to the University of Oklahoma. Yes, you're a Sooner. Yeah, I am a Sooner. Okay. Very proud of it. Okay. And, uh, and now home, home, you know, I share a home with the Thunder, which is also so exciting. Is you know, that the, right? They the did Oklahoma really great. City Thunder. Yeah. I know. So it's very exciting for us. close. Very close. I mean, for such a young team, it's, it's so great for us. I know. And, and when they, they were against the Lakers a couple of years ago, I went to one of the playoff games here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. And I've never seen a playoff series where at the home game, there was nobody else wearing the away team colors. Sometimes, you know, wow. you get to see the, some teams yeah. travel well. You know, yeah. uh, when you're at a, an OU Texas yeah. game, you know, it's half the crowd. There's a lot of people. Orange from, from, Exactly, yeah. right? But in, in Los Angeles, nobody yeah. from Oklahoma City. There wasn't a single blue in there. And then when you're in Oklahoma City, it's not a single Los Angeles yeah. person. Like maybe Nicholson flew out there. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. so, it's so different when you're, yeah. when you're talking about that. You well, know? and um, but a lot of people don't like going to Oklahoma. Why is that? I don't, I don't know. People, when people say they're, they, I tell them I'm from Oklahoma and they, the first thing they say is, oh yeah, I drove through there once. <laughs> <laughs> no one stops. It's beautiful yeah. uh, driving country. It is. I'm sure. it's, I love it there. Okay. Um, but I, I started and I was at the University of Oklahoma mm-hmm. and my, my Asian mother did not think that theater was a real degree that you could get, you know, real money after. Right. So I said, I want to go into journalism because I love storytelling. And I thought, well, if I can't, you know act out fake ones I, I'd love to tell real ones mm-hmm. and then when I was at the University of Oklahoma I was like well if I want to do really well every girl in the journalism school their, the dream is to go onto local news and I said you know I don't want to compete with all of this I'd rather go to a, a smaller pool right and uh and you know make my you know the bar was higher because it's something that wasn't normal to do sports broadcasting as a, as a female at the time right or it was just it's people like Melissa Stark and Susie um really kind of laying the groundwork for people, um, in college with, you know, with me. And, sure. um, so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on sports. And so I, I wrote for the, the college newspaper into the sports section. I, I had two internships. I worked, I wrote for the Sooners Illustrated, which is the, the, you know, all things Sooners. What were you writing? Just um, about the team columns, thoughts? Uh, I was doing interviews. I was do, I would, uh, you know, watch the games and I would get, give the breakdowns of the games. It was very much like the, it was never a commentary. Does this tape exist somewhere? These are all, um, I wrote all them. Written. Those okay. are all written. So we're not on camera. No, no, not on camera. Okay. Not on camera until later. Okay. So, um, because that's how you have to, you know, I tell people ask me a lot, like, how do you do it? Everybody wants to get to the end. Everybody just wants to get to the end result. Sure. And, um, but I tell everybody, it's, you have to do the little things. Like everybody, if you want to be on TV, well, you have to show people that you can write. You have to show people that you're smart. There's no question about that. People ask all the time. I say you have to know. You have to learn how to write. Yeah, you must. If you don't, I mean, you, then you don't even have your words. And then it's just, you know, people think, uh, you know, when I was doing Attack of the Show, like, oh, she's just reading prompter. Uh, one, it's very hard to read prompter. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. You know who's the best teleprompter reader Me? I've ever seen? No, not well. I mean, I, I, oh. I apologize, but it, you okay. have worked with this person. Who? John Stewart. John Stewart, yeah. Is one of the best teleprompter yeah. readers I have ever And people don't know, like on, on, the, on The Daily Show, um, there is a skill to doing improv. And there is a, a, a skill to, I think, sometimes I, I when I watch actors, and I, I my favorite question is, oh my gosh, was that in the script? Right. Because if it's not, sometimes people go, oh no, it's, it's not. They love that it's improv, which right. is great. But I love so much more when a line is... It just seems improv mm-hmm. because it's so hard to, to to deliver a line to make it seem so organic. And John, on The Daily Show, everything is scripted. 
Um, and it has to be because it's it's timed out and it's comedy. To, to, you have a live audience and he just does it so brilliantly. And the words, man, yeah. it's, it's it's almost Sorkin-like in a way. Like yeah. just how how long he goes on and on. I'm sorry. You, I don't mean to cut you off it. here. So, no, no, I'm, so you're I'm, writing. You're, I'm very circuitous in my conversation. So am I. And <laughs> I am in my, in my, my interviewing skills. Which I you have a podcast. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. why it's, you know, it's timeless in that respect. <laughs> so you're, you're writing. So I'm writing and, and then I'm, um, and then I meet some people at uh I mean, I have this guy named Austin Peck who wrote for Sports Illustrated. Okay. And he asked me, he's like, do you want to start doing the interviews for me? Um, and okay. I was like, okay. I was so excited. So I'd be going to all the Big 12, you know, uh, football games and basketball games and interviewing uh, a lot of people. And this is during the time where at, at Oklahoma, you know, Bob Stoops just came in. He came in halfway through the season and right. then took us to the Independence Bowl. And it was uh, Coach Blake was taken out in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of this big shakeup. And in half a season, Stoop turns everything around and takes us to the Independence Bowl. Then, then we win a championship, and then we win another championship. So this right. is the era that I was at Boom. Oklahoma. So now everybody, all the sports people are coming. And it's that when people ask me, like, how do you do it or how do you make it? I think, one, it's busting your ass, mm-hmm. working really, really hard. Uh, two, having a talent. You have to be able to have a talent and cultivate it. And the third is hoping that all of the stars line up at the same time. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was when Bob Stoops came and um, all of a sudden college game day was there every week. We were the game. Of Fowler the week. and the whole crew. Everybody. Right. And um, and then Sports Illustrated people came around. So then I was able to do that. And then I, um, I wanted, I submitted for an internship at ESPN and um, uh, Who gender was you with there? I didn't. I sent it in. Reese. Um, Reese Davis? Davis. Such Sweetheart. a great guy. Such one of the best guys I ever guy. worked with. I know. He's an Alabama guy, though. He, yeah. He's, he's an Alabama well, he, guy. He, we met uh, at the a Big 12 championship uh, in Nebraska, I believe. Okay. And, on, like, and he came to me on the field. I was the only girl on the field. Right. And, um, and he was like, you look like you're freezing. And he handed me some, you know, heating pads. And right. he's, you know, he's got a daughter. And so he's very, like, right. uh, very fatherly and sweet. Yeah, we, 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 because we, Reese is one of the sweetest the really guys. Really great guy. And I'm so meet. happy to see him just do better. He's and awesome. Better and He's better. killing it. He deserves it. Yes. And he said, Well, I can, you know, get you in touch with this guy. And mm-hmm. I, and I just emailed and put the whole thing together. And I was rejected. <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way, one of the best things to well, ever happen here. I'm not just saying that well, because I called Reese and I was like, ESPN's so, a great place to work. But, but he, I mean, he was like, I said, Well, what's the address? He goes, No, no, you just put. ESPN, it's, Bristol, Connecticut. ESPN. They know where to go. I was like, what do you mean they know where to go? He's like, that's all that's, that's in it. Bristol. That's like, you no could. offense to Bristol, Connecticut, but I'm sure they know that too. They're like, yeah, we, we're just here to supply food and gas for people at ESPN. <laughs> that's that's it. It's true, by the way. I mean, the address is still, it's ESPN Plaza. That's it. Just, you could really address yeah. something. ESPN, Bristol, Connecticut. It will get Yeah. There. Don't even need to right. put a zip. Just, just, they, you, the zip I, is the way, ESPN. That's, <laughs> that's it. That you are not wrong. That's true. So I when I and I called Reese and he was like, "Well, don't feel bad. It's personal. You want to go there." But at the same time, <laughs> right. you know, and you have to, you know, you have to go through rejection. And mm-hmm. um, and then I asked somebody at at Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, if they knew anybody that I could get an internship with, and they knew Chris Harrison, who ended up becoming the host of The Bachelor. Chris Harrison worked at Fox Sports. Right. And um, on the side, and also had like a, a horse racing channel that he was a host of. I said, could you help me out? He said, sure, come out to Fox Sports. Um, in Los Angeles. In Los right. Angeles. Um, I know this one woman. And I called her. I wasn't getting a response. And I 
thought, well, I just need to get there. And, um, when I, uh, I got there and I lied to my parents, kind of, I said, I don't, I said, I have the internship. I didn't, but I felt like eventually I would turn the lie into the truth because I would get it. So we drove all the way out there. My stepdad drove me out there, dropped me off. And I called the woman and she finally answered and she said, we're completely booked up. And I didn't, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I called Chris and he said, just tell him, tell him you just came all the way out here from Oklahoma. Yeah. Just take a meeting. Right. So I just begged her. I was like, at least let me come in. At least then I won't, like, at least let me just meet you. And she's like, okay, we well, can come in just to meet. And after, you know, 10 minutes, she's like, okay, fine. You can be here. And I started, uh, I was so excited. The most enthusiastic intern you'll so ever you meet. So you talked your way into this internship. I talked my basically. way into okay. the, into the now- interview for the internship, then the internship. And then I'm there and I'm logging hockey tape. And I'm like, this yeah. is so boring. Welcome to sports internships. This is the worst. This is it. And then they told You're me. You're logging tapes. Yeah. And I was, and this is like Lisa Guerrero was, you know, it's not that far away. And then, and then I saw Susie and. Well, and, it, 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 again, it's not Susie Colbert you're referring to. You're referring to my wife. Yes. Susie, Susie Schuster, Schuster. Who was working at, yes. at this. At, so you were an, that's right. So yeah. you're an intern at Fox Sports. When, and my wife was one of the the anchors yes. that was there. And I was uh, and I was in the other area it's than her. Small world here. Yeah, I, and it was and it was in the other area than her. And she was actually very instrumental in the way that I saw um like being in Hollywood and the career and just life in general when it comes to like going for what you want. Because um you know, no no slight to her, but Lisa Guerrero was so sweet and so nice, but she sat in her cubicle and you know, and she um you know, would go off to do her interviews and then she'd get ready to do the best damn sports show when they were launching that and she'd do her piece. And to me, that seemed glamorous. I thought, that's what, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. That's because that's the end game. Mm-hmm. And then she'd sit back down and then I would, sometimes I'd listen to her and I'd see that she was reading the prompter and, and God love her for what she can do. And she's a great on-air person, but, um, but Let's I, just trash her. No, I don't want to trash. No, no, because she we was could... so she was so nice to me. She's so lovely. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, which is, um, I wanted to some you know, there had to be more substance. You could tell by the way that other people were treating her, mm-hmm. where it was here, read this, here, read this. It wasn't a conversation with her. She, it, she, it was like, here, sit down, read this. Mm-hmm. Here, let me do your makeup. Sit down, read this, and. Um, you wanted something more out of I want, this And thing. I saw, and then I went to the other side of the hallway mm-hmm. to like, you know, I'd always ask to do something. I'd always, can I go deliver files somewhere sure. uh-huh. instead of sitting there watching hockey? Right. Which I actually now love hockey, but at the time when you're forced to like log every second of it, it's very difficult. <laughs> There's um, a difference between being a, um, um, an actress who's hitting it big and going to the Kings and watching them win the Stanley Cup yeah. and being an intern yeah. and logging, logging tapes the Stanley for, Cup. The, for, the, yeah. for the ninth place yeah. Los Angeles exactly. Kings. Yeah. And it's a totally different, different, let's shall we say, vibe, yeah, it's pulse, just, and it, energy. Of course. It's just I mean, this sad. is just, this is, this is, so at what point did you realize, I'm out, I'm out of the sports game. I'm not going to, that. I, um, I mean, being the next Melissa Stark is a great goal to right. have. But I want to. I'm going to go into when, a completely different ball of wax here. When I well, first let me just say with Susie, I went over there and she was busting her ass, and I knew that she was dating at the time. And so my also, um, I'm human, so my opinion is, oh, mm. she might be like calling it in too, like just mm-hmm. just phoning everything in because you're her boyfriend, and mm-hmm. oh, she's the the pretty on air person who, you know, got the the famous boyfriend at the the studio and. Now she's not going to, and she was busting her ass. I I literally, the first time I ever met her, um, I was bringing her like a coffee or a water or something. And 
And she was so nice. She's like, she took time to say thank you. She, her hands were filled with tapes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's like, that's for me. I was like, that's what you have to do. You always, no matter who you're with, no matter who you're dating, no matter what talent you have, no matter how pretty you are, you still have to work so mm-hmm. hard. Um, but I realized when I, after I graduated college, I came out to Fox Sports and I got to do college women's basketball. It's not exciting. <laughs> And it's, God love them, but I'm telling you the truth. So I was like, it is halftime, 13 to 15. <laughs> Woo! Nail biter. We'll be right back. Back to you. I know. In it the was studio. so, and also, but here's the thing is at Fox, there's two kinds of women. It was the women that were like more like Lisa Guerrero. They wore the chokers, they mm-hmm. have the pushed up, you know, boobs. Or there was the really stuffy, like, I'm serious. And the people that I were working with, they were like, here, wear this jacket. If you look at me, I'm barely 5'4. Uh, I'm Asian, so I have a round, like, kind of cherubic face. So I'm wearing this jacket, and I look like like the kid from Big. I'm like, hey, take me seriously. <laughs> so this tape exists. That tape exists. There's two of me doing college women's basketball. Where, where where does that tape exist? At Fox Sports. It does exist in the, somewhere yeah. in the archives. Yeah, somewhere. So if we phoned up to them. Oh, man. I don't, yeah, you can try. No, I mean, we, we, we have clips of Magic Mike. We have clips of the newsroom. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could roll. Yeah, get, you, we could, could, you could roll it. It would could be interesting. See, somebody should definitely they be should able to have it and, and And could you watch yourself back? I mean, did you? Probably now that, like, I've, I've, I've been able to talk, like, right. I've actually never really talked about this. Mm-hmm. But I've been able to talk with my friends enough to feel like, okay, I've made, like, as you look at it, I look uncomfortable and. You should, see my, you should see my first tape. Yeah? It's not pretty. <laughs> it is so not pretty. First of all, I have hair. <laughs> Secondly, it was just, I was in Redding, California. I did the yeah. local news thing. Yeah, I yeah. went up to Redding, California, which was like, you know, Northern Exposure, the New York Jew in the forest and the mountains with these people who I've never, who talk a different language, basically. And it was completely different. And I was so nervous, sweating, yeah. absolutely losing my mind. I didn't do the boom goes the dynamite like that kid on the on yeah. YouTube. But I mean, it was really... It's just not... Well, you want to do... You got to really cut your teeth. Well, and the other thing that what I had a hard time with is that sports is fun. Like, that's... Sports is fun. And it's also a business. But you have to be able to do both. And the people that I was talking with at the time, and they're in my ears, they're... You have to ask... You know, you want to ask the right question. It's not fluff. Right. People are watching. These are... These are huge, multi-billion dollar businesses. So you have to be able to come correct... But also have fun with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I wasn't having fun at. You were not having fun at With it. the, you know, women's college basketball with Fox Sports. Well, you know, you have to and start. my blazer. And your bla- <laughs> my blazer lets you guys know that I'm the one controlling the interview. <laughs> your blazer. <laughs> yeah, it's a now, blazer. Now you're going to have to put blazers on for the newsroom, right? Because yes, you're playing in the newsroom. You are playing the a financial analyst. Right. A yeah, fina- Jeff Daniels and I are the two on-air people for the show. Right. And so you are playing somebody who that we would normally see. I mean, are you the the muse for Sorkin to go after the CNBCs of the world? Is that is that what he's um, no. going to eventually you know, and it's interesting. doing his writing here for? It's interesting the way that you phrase that saying uh, for Sorkin to go after. And in a way like and I've I was actually not um aware of all of the reviews. And are you aware of the reviews? I am, sure? yes. See, and I'm not um because You my, don't read your you don't read your reviews? Well, I, I would. Um I'm not one of those people that doesn't read things. It's just that my family has been in town. And we I also had the um, premiere of Magic Mike and then there's a lot of uh I have, you know, O C D and, you know, anxiety, so I really wasn't looking online. So I heard it later and the interesting thing I think is this is that um 
which I think is very important for, uh, I think I would love for, because I went to school for journalism. I majored in journalism. I know for a fact that anybody who goes into being a news journalist does not go in because they want to sensationalize the murder of a child or talk about the latest, you know, pregnancy from a celebrity. Right. Um, entertainment news is different. Uh, and that's wonderful. And it's a great escape for people. But the n- people who go into news journalism, they don't want to do that. But because of the this influx of cable channels, we have um, we have forced our favorite establishments in the news to have to incorporate more entertainment just to keep up with the ratings. Because these are, you know, the CNNs and MSNBCs and, and Fox, and everybody, they have to... Uh, you know, they have to pay their mortgages and their college. There's no doubt. And so, uh, not to interrupt. No, 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 not at all. But, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, but but I, I just think it was, it, when I'm doing the show and mm-hmm. I'm in the show and I'm also, I also went to um, journalism school and majored in it and wanted to, you know, really tell real stories and get, you know, and do interviews. Our show, in my opinion, um, and knowing Sorkin as well, is not a lecture to the media on how you guys should do it better. I think it's more of a of a of an opportunity for um, Sorkin to get the audience to fall in love with real news again, and it's to show the audience: look, when we don't support people who do the news that we should be doing and supporting the real stories that mean something, and we flip around the channels all the time and we go watch, you know, Casey Anthony or you know. Michael Jackson's trial. When we go do those things, it forces the people who really want to do news to do it this way. And it's really, I think he's standing up for the news journalist and he's showing why we're doing it this way. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult in the, like the, the show is very um, idealistic and the characters can be very naive, but it's because it's a pretend world. In the- is it real? <laughs> ACN doesn't, no, exist? No, and I'm not so really a financial a analyst. Tape. No, you're not. I really don't have two PhDs. Well, I think as I hard think, as it is to imagine with my polka dot shirt. I was about on. to say, I, I think seeing Magic Mike that would definitely make sure that we don't really see you as a financial analyst. I don't uh, think there's yeah. much. This much. Did you saw right? Because you're uh, friends with uh, Mr. Soderbergh. Well, Soderbergh is a friend of the program, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean that's. We'll get to that in a minute because yeah. that is that is some fun stuff, well, uh, Magic yeah. Mike, right there. And also, Joe Manganiello was sitting in that chair a few yeah. weeks yes. ago, and he he told me was something. Was he shirtless? Well, you know what? He had the deep V. He had the deep. He came in. He had the deep V going on with yeah. almost like um, male cleavage. Were you uncomfortable? No, I was uncomfortable. Again, just to bring you full circle. I'm very comfortable. Yeah. You know, I'm you're comfortable very with your manhood. Comfortable Are you comfortable my, with seeing all of his manhood? No, actually, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe Mangano, yeah, he came here and he, um, you know, it's funny. We work out in the same place too. I don't mm. know if you could, you just tell that on just mere First sight. First thing I thought was true blood. Don't you think? Absolutely, mm. yeah. And uh, he was there in the gym, and after um, I was done hyperventilating from <laughs> from the cardio work, uh, he and I were speaking, and he said that uh, on the set of Magic Mike, might as well get into this right now. Yeah. On the set of Magic Mike, that you even when you weren't in the scenes, yeah, you were hanging out, yeah. On the set, yeah, to watch them them, them strip. Yes, I, is this a true story? Truth. I canceled my meetings for about three days just to come in to watch them, and I would, and sometimes I would feel insecure. In the past, I might have felt insecure. Maybe even now, I'd feel insecure, like yeah. coming in, like oh, people think I don't have have a life or it's too uncomfortable. And the first day, I didn't come in. The first day of dancing, because 
as a woman, what I found was so fascinating is this, as a woman, you don't want to be objectified unless it's on your terms, you know? Uh, so, and I do a magazine, you do these, you know, it's, I know what I'm doing, but if I'm on the beach doing a photo shoot, yes. as soon as they stop shooting, I put on a robe because I don't want people to look at me, um, unless like, like I'm saying, you is know, that the, is that the control in your, in your well, OCD I think, right there? But I think a lot of women feel like, you know, it's, it's that, um, you want you you know you want to feel sexy and you want to feel beautiful and and it's it's nice if guys look at you and but then and sometimes you're like well but then don't but not right now not, like, right. not, not well not from that angle you I think all women kind of um, you don't want to be objectified unless you know you have the control of it um, because I think you know a lot of history shows why women wouldn't want to be objectified unless they're controlling and yet it. on the set of Magic Mike. I go you in are... and I objectify these men. But then I realized this. <laughs> yeah. I realized. Uh-huh. I'm like, these guys, after we, like, Joe probably didn't tell you that after they yelled cut, mm-hmm. it's a room full of extras. After they yell cut, those guys still walking around in their G-strings. Yeah. You know, they yell cut and they still shake their ass a little bit more. They're loving it. And then yeah. I realized, oh my God, these men, wait, they don't care that we're objectifying them because they're objectifying the women, objectifying them. Like, we just keep getting objectified. Wow. This is because... like an Escher painting right here. This is... <laughs> because I'm like, because these women are, like, these guys, like, mm-hmm. they, they're they being adored. Like, yeah. adored. I don't, by the way, I don't mind being objectified either. I, lo- you know, I would I judge all of their body parts, myself and, and like the... So who's the winner? Um, well, they all are different. It's mm-hmm. it's different. Um Matt Bomber, I have has the best face. Okay, he, do you know from White Collar? Yes, I do. He's so handsome, so wonderful. Um, Joe has the best abs. It's like he's a Ken doll. I okay. mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Rodriguez has the best ass. Okay. Um, Alex Pettifer has the best arms. Like he's these are kind of like really big, kind of beefy right. biceps. Right. Channing Tatum has just the best legs. Like it's okay. just this amazing set of legs. We've ju- I judge them all. I, I piece. Right. I put them together into one great, you know, one man. great big massive yeah. Ken doll. And I had I felt zero guilt in judging them. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you, Olivia Munn. Good <laughs> for you. You go, girl. And all these people who are listening and tuning into this podcast are like, why are we talking about the male body parts and talking about Olivia covering herself up? It should be completely <laughs> the opposite well, thing. I don't know if I'm doing my movie, job. Right? Here. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. did you and see how it opens. I yeah, I did. Sure. Okay, so we're 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 good, we're good right there. What are you looking at me like that? Well, do you do you remember? Well, maybe did you see I, a different cut? Well, I did see a different cut, I guess. Yeah. Wait, which? Which? Wait. No. Oh. What? So, <laughs> so like, it's, did you I mean, know? Let's go ahead, go ahead, please. Well, so the, this is actually the first time I'm actually talking about it because yeah. no one. But that's what I love about it. Before I say it, is that it was very to me. Um, it was just it showed the kind of woman that she is, and mm-hmm. also. It, Your way, character, yeah, the char- my character is, and and it's also Soderbergh, so brilliant. It, it just everything is very organic. But mm-hmm. you know, the movie opens up, and um, there's a I think a, a little scene, and then it goes the first kind of mm-hmm. real scene is you know Channing Tatum. You see his his ass as he's mm-hmm. walking away, um, and that's why all the ladies come. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I forgot until I saw it last night at the premiere. I'm like, oh, I'm topless. Oh, that's right. There you have it. I'm like, so I'm like, oh, and I'm still topless. Oh, okay. And I, and I look over and, and it, you know, and my friends were like, oh yeah, but it just felt, or, you know, the character, I mean, we just, you know, got out of the shower, just finished having sex or something. Right. And, um, and she's getting dressed and, um, 
That's Soderbergh for you right yeah. there. And, and I was like, oh, that's right. I did that. All right. Well, that's done. <laughs> don't have to worry about Check that one that. off the list. But also I thought, I thought, oh, well, this is something I can, like, the, my, my, you know, the poor, poor guy fans who, if anybody wanted to see me topless, I'm like, you got to go through a lot of flopping penis. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, uh, Olivia. There's some guys, you know, they'll go the extra mile. <laughs> They'll go the extra the, miles. The men you know? who are comfortable yes, in their own skin will watch a lot of flopping penises. And then see it three times. Yes. You I mean, if you if you want to if you want to see that. But it's a fun movie, you know? I mean a lot I, of people I've are never, comparing I'll, it in many ways to like Boogie Nights, which the, is a great comparison. It is. You know, the men were laughing so much get. in the and that's the thing is Soderbergh, you could see his wink in it. Like, you know, it's a lot of the dancing, but all the guys around me are they're laughing harder than the women because they get Mm-hmm. What's what he's doing? Right. So uh, before I let you go, because uh, your your folks are, they are, are yeah, I don't. know. Before I let you go, I just got a five minute mark right there. Um, the Cowboys. There are they your team? The Dallas Cowboys. Your, well, your you football know, it's team? it's the closest to to Oklahoma. So you know, yeah, that's, right. That's kind of like is? that's kind of how it is. Like you know, especially Oklahoma. A lot of you know, I I went to school when Roy Williams uh, was in um, was in college with me, and we were right. really good friends. I was friends with Roy Williams um, when we were in drama class together mm-hmm. and he was injured and it was the year before he went on um and became you know one of the best college football players of that time and you right. know kind of, of ever and i remember i asked him for his notre dame tickets i go do you have any extra notre dame tickets and he's like yeah i said oh great cool thanks um oh by the way what's your number i'll look for you on the field and he said oh well you have to look on the sideline i'm like why he's like because uh, i don't play because he's injured at the time mm. and gaining too much weight and i thought oh well one day you'll I'm sure they'll let you play. You'll make it, Roy. And yeah, so so the, you know uh, that's very. Also, you grow up. You know, I was born in Oklahoma, raised in Japan, military family. Right. Also, being military, you have to. You know, they're big NFL supporters. Right. Sunday, Sunday, every Sunday, it's it's football, and um, yeah. So the Cowboys for sure. The Cowboys. And, and also, team. I do think that they have a really good. This is more of a. This is not like I'm not going to talk about. You know, like how deep you know the the defensive line is. Please don't. But that's fine. But I honestly think uh, most men, and you, maybe you can attest to this, men once they kind of settle down, they get married, and they have their their kid. <laughs> yeah, they actually their careers become so great because they don't really have to f- no, no other real distractions of trying to find that kind of feeling of family. And and now I feel like you know Romo is going to be able to really do something. So now that wonderful. Romo, so you're thinking the fact that Romo. Is now a married man with the baby with child. Yes, is going to make him a better yes. quarterback because now it's like his ex, this extra energy of you know finding the one or finding the wife and and this is my opinion on all men that I think that all men yes. want a girlfriend. I really do. Oh, sh- yeah. they want they want that. They in the beginning they try, pretend that they don't, but then once you're in it, it's like oh, like if. Like, if I produced milk, I'd have to breastfeed my boyfriends. It's like, they need to just... Are you serious? Yeah, some men are just too clingy. Because I think that they're just wanting... Like, finally, when you get it, they like they want... You're not the type that wants the bad guy, do you? No. You, I mean, no, 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 no. So, okay. I like the really sweet guy, but I don't want... The really but you don't want to breastfeed the guy, No, I don't saying. want a guy that's so pathetic and needs you so much. You know, you want somebody that needs you, but also is, you know... Yeah, detached and cool and, and... It doesn't have to be detached. I like the attachment... But okay. it's like having their own career and success. Yes. And I think okay. that's why when you find the right match and a guy feels settled, you think about it. Think about all your friends or you when you when you how great your career did after you were like, oh, oh, I'm good. Now I'm I've got it. We've, I found the one and I don't have to put the energy out for that. other. So stuff. this like say uh, 
pick a Sunday morning that I'm I'm doing our Sunday morning mm-hmm. football show, week two, week three. Cowboys, maybe they're 0-2. Yeah. And Michael Irvin will start telling me what's wrong with the Cowboys. And, and Marshall Falk will talk about what's what's wrong with the Cowboys. I can just interject. I spoke with Olivia Munn yes. on this very subject. <laughs> and don't worry about Romo mm-hmm. because he's a settled-down man with yes. a child. Mm-hmm. And he's going to start focusing a little bit better because – his home life is taken care of, and he's going to be so much better as a Dallas yeah. Cowboys quarterback. And just leave it at that. Yeah. I'll be cool. That'll be um, that'll be that'll be that will that work have for some me. Job offers lined up for you. Um, they <laughs> might Magic Mike too. Yeah, it might just I be some interviews. Working with yeah, gonna, okay. You might not be able to keep a job after you say that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, drop my name as much as you can. I would love to. Um, by, by the way, say, I am a first class name dropper. Well, for of well, the first rate. I, I don't know I mean, if seriously. I'm the first class name that you want to drop because maybe it's. You like, got to be kidding me! Don't, don't say know. that sort of stuff. You're but, being too modest no, now. No, no. But but yes, you should. So say you're that. thinking Romo, and I think that we should set up all the other guys. Stop being professional athletes and you know messing around so much. Lock in, find a wife, be faithful, and um uh and a baby. That sounds like great advice. Okay. Do you think they're gonna listen? <laughs> I think this is awesome because we're we're. I think we're breaking down that fourth wall. It's the psychology that of, probably talking about yes. right now to you. And it's a psychology that people don't talk about with, you know, we talk about with, with football, we talk about the pressure and all that, mm-hmm. but what about what uh, they need to not have that pressure? It's a baby and a wife. Yeah. You go home, right? Who cares yeah. if you're in 16? You got somebody who loves you no matter what. I like it. Unless you lose. And then she probably won't love you because <laughs> I wouldn't love you. I would never date a loser. I'll tell you what. Owen's. <laughs> I would never date a professional athlete who lost. Guys who go 0 16 become very clingy, I think. They yeah, need to, they need it's to, they a, become it's exhausting. They very needy and clingy. Exhausting. I dated a hockey player, and it's hockey, hockey is hard. I feel for those guys. Yeah. It's an intense, intense, like it's all the time, and it doesn't stop, and there's so much pressure. And you learn that log and tapes. That's yeah. what I found out. See, we're just <laughs> learning more and more about it's you, Olivia. Circle. You are an interviewer. I cannot wait to see uh, um, my breast and magic mic. Yes. That was exactly how I was going to finish the sentence. Yeah. Or uh, or you're, you're acting in the newsroom. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to see I that. I act in Soderbergh, too. Uh, I'm sure you do that, too, obviously. Uh, Magic Mike coming out June 29th. The newsroom, which, by the way, is up against uh, my reality show on TNT. Really? We're going against each other. What's yeah. the name of your show? The Great Escape. It's on wait, a tentacle. Oh, that's yours? Yeah. I was watching a commercial the other day, and I thought, why didn't I think of that idea? And I'm the host of that. Oh 10 my o'clock, gosh. 10 Eastern on Sunday nights. So and I'm gonna. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, I've got to watch and live tweet mine, and I'll TiVo yours. And if you want to do the same, please, please feel free. I'm going to do that. I thought that was such a brilliant, brilliant idea for a show. Yeah, it's fun. It's pretty wild. Like that, you'd be good as a contestant. Oh on my that, gosh, by the way. I. If you ever do a celebrity version that of that, would be so. But do you guys also? One thing I didn't see in the commercial. Do you create obstacles? Like you guys are there, kind of like yeah. oh they're going this way, and you kind of like Hunger Games, where oh we see them going this way. Now let's drop this ball. Yes, it is like the Hunger Games, except without the death of children. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean. I'm not tuning in. Just lost <laughs> a viewer. Just lost a viewer. Just and I, I do, viewer. I do not take off my shirt at any point in time. On the greatest game. You don't want to show them up. Well, no, I uh we, we haven't seen the, the the ladies' demo yet. If <laughs> if it needs to be spiked, I'm telling you, I'm f- I'm I get fully it. You and Joe Maganiello working yeah, out. Me and Joe P ninety Xing it. You and Joe Maganiello. Yes, yes. I I put the P in the uh ninety X. <laughs> hey, thank you mean? for I have no idea actually what know. that meant. Thank you for coming on, Olivia. Will yeah, you will it's you a please good time to end the will you please yeah, no, actually it's not. Um but the newsroom, uh you play Sloan. 
on yes. the newsroom. That's going to be every Sunday night uh, on the Aaron Sorkin Creation, the newsroom, and then the Soderbergh Film Magic Mike yes. coming on. Yes. Thank Sunday. you for bringing me into the shower. Yeah, it's my pleasure. This Enjoyed is, it in This here. is definitely uh, one experience that you'll never forget. They have it, spared with, no expense with you, Mr. Eisen. You know, uh, and, the, and the water's free. Please. What? Take it. Take it with you. The guy took five bucks from me. That is an outrage. We'll have to get uh, a rack post coming in. No, it's not the white guy. It's the black guy. He's, <laughs> see that? I see. But he's like, not me. By the way, the black guy. Nobody's ever been interested in who my guests are, and you have you have you've broken the fourth wall, as I like I to say. I'm, I'm like, it's such a small room. I'm and like, also, let's let's just quickly mention too, "Suck It, Wonder Woman: The Misadventures oh. of a Hollywood Geek." You should get everyone should get your book. Yes, it was a New York Times bestseller. Thanks Why to the it fans. Be? Why wouldn't it be? And if you flip the bottom of the book, I dance. It's a flip book. Is that really? Yeah, because it's not exactly East of Eden, so I've got to put in some, <laughs> something. <laughs> not exactly. This ain't the grapes of wrath. It's got. <laughs> have pictures actually the the uh the original title of grapes of wrath was suck it <laughs> <laughs> and then they decided yeah. no no let's choose it. a metaphor That's for the so title great. i know instead. my next book i, I well for this for this book i actually yeah. i wanted to title it um from oprah with love because i thought people would just buy that <laughs> Who i said i swear the uh the next uh because i wrote a, a book a few years ago that did not uh, perform. Let's just say the, it wasn't at times. It wasn't no, a new, nothing. There was that's nothing. And maybe that's what I should. I should have been flip dancing. <laughs> but um, I said the next book I write it, there will be uh, a child with puppies on the cover. Oh right. If it's got a kid or puppies, You're it good. sells. Even if it's got nothing to do with it. I mean, yeah. instead of like holding a football or anything like that, no. a puppy and a child. You should done. And maybe Lock both the child and the puppy kind of look like you. That would be a bestseller. <laughs> And I'll call, but I need to. I need to come I wanna, with titles I wanna like write this. My ne- I want to write another book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can. Can I curse on the show? Sure, go ahead. I want to write a book. Um, uh, like a like a date. You know, they have like the rules book for women that's like so antiquated. And I want to write a new book mm-hmm. called Lock That C- How to Get Your Man If You Want Him. And well, I haven't have written. You, it. Have you pitched it? No, because whenever I say it, people go, "Oh, you said," C-, and I'm like, "I'm sorry." Right. And it's, Nothing else rhymes with lock. <laughs> well, clock. You could put the L in there, but lock, it does lock that clock. Yeah, that's not the same. No. I need to workshop it a little better. <laughs> but you yeah. just told me the title, so yeah, I need a little bit of time before yeah, I figure that out. Yeah, something that rhymes with dick. But then they wouldn't let me. I think well, it's more family friendly. I definitely think it is not. Because I could put a chicken on the front. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about you've farming. Seen too much magic, Mike. <laughs> I think you've seen a little bit too much of that. Thanks for coming. Yes, on. thank you. This was a lot and we of fun. Get to come to the house for barbecue. Will you now invite me? Yes, you're and maybe invited. Maybe I'm presenting at the ESPYS, and you haven't you're, been invited. You said what? My my, they, they they forgot him once you left ESPN. My so you are presenting at the ESPYS this yes, year? Yes, I'm presenting. What do you know? Which award you're presenting? At? No, probably something really important. Well, every by the way, every ESPYS is important. Every don't don't right. don't think like if you're you're handing out, but they should stick you with best woman's basketball player now oh since gosh. you've trashed that sport. And I'm just like, here you go. Yeah. You by the way, yeah. by the way, avoid Pat Summit at the uh, at the ESPYS <laughs> if you see if you see any of the college the women's college basketball. Wow. But no, so you you don't know which award you're presenting mm-hmm. in. Okay, but yeah, my if- my ESPY award invitation has been lost <laughs> since 2003. It's been like I'm sure. They put it in the mail. Right. But they have not. What did you do over there? Why don't they like you? Uh, I just uh, left. You know, was there for, for seven years. And, mm. and once you're out, you're you're out. It's yeah. not like the Marines. You're not one for life. Aww. You know what I mean? But it's okay. But it's I, right. I have a plus one. You do? How fun would that be if you came as my plus one? By the way, tongues would wag. 
It would be awesome. That would be, is that an invitation? Or? Yeah, I don't have a plus one. Come with. How do you not have a plus one? I mean, I don't have a plus one with, oh, in general? Yeah. Um, no, that's for the ESPYs. Why wouldn't you? Because no one loves me. That's an outrage. That's, that's, un, that's, that's not true. Bring, it's true. Bring, uh, Thanks for making me say it no, on your podcast. that's not true. But you've got to, you can bring a plus one. Bring, who, see, oh, by the way, see, Brian Arakbo is in the other room. But see why I don't have a plus one? Because, like, what, what are you doing now? I invited you, and then what are you doing? You're in, and you're offering up random uh, black men that I just met. Well, you, as you know, as you know, um, I am a married man. And I'm you know my Susie. wife. And you know my Dude, wife. I said a plus one, not as a date. That's Back a, off. What, is, what does that mean? I said plus one. Do you but, want to come with me? But plus one normally means... It means that you... I sit up front and then you have a ticket in the so back. Then, so then when we walk the red carpet, do I put a we, sign around me we, that we, says no, no, no. platonic? I, I walk the red carpet. You hold my clutch. <laughs> Rich, I'd be happy to hold your clutch. You are. You're old money. By the way, is, money. By the way, is, money that, a, is that a different. metaphor? Or what, <laughs> you uh, hold my clutch. Is that, yeah, I mean, is that... Is that... Yeah, it's... No, it's a thing that holds your lipstick okay, and your The phone. bag. Okay. You like my lady things. Okay. Uh, fine. I'm in. I'm in. Thanks. I'm in. No, no thank you. Thank no, you for the no, opportunity. No, thank to... you for letting me ask you. But one of my favorite red carpet moments. This interview moments... was supposed to be done. I know. One of my favorite red carpet moments for me is I was at the, um, uh, Jeffrey Ross invited me to the roast mm. of Hugh Hefner years and years and years uh-huh. and years ago. And there was um, a um, uh, Playboy playmate named Kylie Bax. Does that name ring a bell to you at all? She was years ago. I'm an old man. But anyway, so she was wearing a full body stocking. And I was up on the stage for pictures to be taken. And I was there and like two cameras are popping off. She strolls on. It's like a thousand light bulbs. And I'm standing there in the same shot until somebody screamed at me. Would you please get out of the way? Leave. If- so Paparazzi actually said the word to me. Leave. Leave. That has oh. happened to me. And I just think that would be the same sensation. Not if, if you come in a full body carpet. stocking. <laughs> Not if you come in a full body stocking. That's next level. Yeah. That's next level. And you level. can hold my clutch today. Just place <laughs> like, my clutch in like a Like right a fig leaf. <laughs> Your clutch is my, as a fig leaf. Fantastic. Oh, I, I don't want I, this to end, but Arakbo, did Arakbo leave? Did he bolt? He's out. Oh, I, no, I right, no, he's still there. Well, thank you so much. I've been wanting to come on for so long. No, no. You're the best. I've been, I know. This is awesome. Please come back. Yes, have me come anytime. on to NFL, um, you know, on, on your, like this, on your, the program just to talk yeah. about um, yeah. the psychological part from, from the outside. I mean, I can tell you all about these guys never having met them or understanding their work. You mean just, work. just as a general sense of who yeah, they just are because as men? I, or, yeah. Because you could tell, you you know men Just because I'm like and... most of the football watching audience, which is uh, we all think that, like, why don't you just do this? It's all so easy. It is so easy. It's so easy to tell them what to do. Right. Yeah. And so you want to do that for Psycholo- NFL Network? Yeah. I want to be You want to like, be that, I, I could wanna, do that Yeah, I want to be the Dr. Phil of... You know, the NFL. You know, Terrell Owens went on Dr. Phil's show recently. Mm. And it was, what What do they what do? What's the cry? Ter- no, hold on a minute. What's the term? that Train wreck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, was not, that, are, it was not good for T.O. to go on Dr. Phil. But why does he have to? That's a good question. Why, why, can't, why can't athletes just be athletes? You know, isn't it enough to be an athlete? Why do you have to go and talk about your feelings on Dr. Phil? Don't you have money to go talk to a therapist? And why do you have to be a celebrity? Like, you're the celebrity of being an athlete is being an athlete. You know, in college, one of the things I think was always so unfair is that college athletes, they have to keep up a GPA and they have to go to um, practice and games and press and all that stuff. And when you're just an academic scholarship, yes, all you have to do is keep up your GPA. 
Right. There's no training or anything. It's it's really kind of it's really unfair. So when I looked at that, I thought, well, you know what? Your only job is to do great. Like your only job is to do great on the field. Right. Like that's what, and, and you also have to do. Are you saying we should pay the athletes in the collegiate level? Mm, I think that they should be getting some kind of compensation for sure. They're bringing so much money into the schools, right? And also they have to keep up a GPA. That's what school is for. Now technically they have to do that. But they do. Oh, my my college boyfriend. Yes. Almost got kicked off. I personally, he was he played football, and I I had to go around to his teachers and beg them. Like I'm like, you don't understand the pressure he's going through. Please, like, like I personally went and I got him back in, and he was like in bed, covers over his head, like devastated because he's like, I'm losing my scholarship. I, I have nothing, and all these guys come from you know nothing. And so you went, I went to his three of his teachers and I had to say, I called one teacher who's actually gone mm-hmm. and I went to the other two into their offices and I tracked them down. And I said, you have to have to give him another chance. You have no idea what this guy's going through. You have no idea how hard it is to be a and, football and player. And it worked? He, yeah, it worked. And he played in the NFL. Yeah. Can you, can you tell can, you? Yeah. Brandon Jones, he played for, um, I think he was at the 49ers and I don't know if he's still there. The linebacker? Was he a linebacker? He was a became, he was a wide receiver at OU and then turned into a tight end. A tight end. Yeah. Okay. Where was he first? There we go. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. All right. He no was idea. at the Titans and then he went to the the forty nine. Okay. Well, speaking of tight ends, see Magic Mike. Um, <laughs> June twenty ninth. How did you like that? Is I liked that a good? It. Okay. It was a good transition. Yeah. It's better when you don't have to call out that it was a good transition. Because now, if you now, just do the transition and let me enjoy it and not say like, oh, did you like it? No, oh, I blew it. Well, speaking of tight ends, go see Magic Mike. June 29th <laughs> is when it opens. <laughs> See, I'm just again. You didn't do it again. Well, I'm an. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm. I'm needy. I'm needy. All of your guests are leaving. I'm needy. My publicist I know your publicists have basically tapped out. They're and, so uh, mad. They're, they'll never get me another. <laughs> well, guest this is what again. a best friendship looks like when it begins, guys. So get used to it. It is. Thanks, Olivia. For coming Thank on. you. So oh, look out. Much. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Munn here on the Rich Eisen podcast. And one of the many things I love about this podcast is my next guest is as far we can get from Olivia Munn as we possibly can. He is one of the more fierce pass rushers in the National Football League. He's also a Texas Longhorn, as opposed to the Sooner that was just sitting in that seat moments ago. The uh, 13th overall pick of the 09 draft, Washington Redskin Brian Arakpo. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm good. Hey, uh, before we get started, they yeah. told me Chris Schwartzman said, uh, mm-hmm. happy 50th birthday. Happy yeah, 50th yes. birthday. <laughs> yeah. it, was my, it was my birthday on Sunday, 43. 40- Third, 33rd. 33rd. Okay. So yeah, me I, I mean, number. I know you're on Twitter at uh, at Rack98. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. Okay. And I got a tweet the other day from somebody saying how they were a fan of mine and um, they hope that they can only look as good as I do when they're 50. Is what they said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you like, wow. Wait huh? a minute. I responded. No, I, really... ha- I responded with a hashtag of backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, Chris Wirtz, who's the producer of NFL Total Access that you're that you're here to do today, uh, he's a joker. He's a joker. Yeah, he he's, got you on that he's one. Trying man. To, yeah, were you? And 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 before I was interviewing Olivia, you sort of crashed. The room. I you crashed see, the scene. You crashed the scene, did you not? You can't. I, did, I didn't even realize that. They wanted to tell me to say hi to an actress, oh, and we okay. got Olivia Mum in, so 
they brought me in. I had no idea. Oh, really. you didn't? I, oh, I thought you were like, oh, that's Olivia Munn and I'm crashing because nah, I haven't gotten I, that too much. <laughs> I mean, you know. No, nah, I just came in and said hi, man. They brought me in here. Okay. You know, y'all obviously had a, a great conversation, <laughs> I, I heard. It was interesting. You know, in the back. Yeah, it was interesting. It was very interesting. Yeah, man. we don't have normally conversations like that on NFL media. Yeah, exactly. We normally have conversations like the one we're just about to have here, Brian. What, where do we, I guess we start here? The Washington Redskins have finished last in the NFC East every single year since you've come out of college, and it's not by uh, anything that you're doing or not doing. I mean, you have been as um, advertised for sure with the Washington Redskins. What has been missing the last couple of seasons in your estimation? Oh, man, that's a great question. I only asked those. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But like you said, obviously, you know, since I got here, we've been last in the division, man, and it's, it sucks, man, to be honest with you. I hate it. You know, we all do. But... um this 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 year, man, I really feel like, and I, to be honest with you, I really feel like it's a great time to be a Washington Redskins fan because we got that we got a, we got a few new pieces, and everybody knows the guy we drafted, you know, RG three and and what he brings to the table. Just having that quarterback under center to lead to lead that offense and our defense is intact. I feel like we're very good, and we're just going to be even better this year. Going to get to that elite level, I feel like, and you know, we got we're going to get over that hump. What does RG three bring? That McNabb didn't or couldn't, uh, Rex Grossman didn't, couldn't, Beck didn't, couldn't. I, I don't. Uh, it's hard to explain because I got. Mean, a, I got he was a, in Baylor last year. I mean, you know, you yeah, know that, that know. area of the country very well. And yeah, some we don't. He did. Some, but. We had to call the truce when he got on the team because obviously, you know, Baylor and, and Texas, we don't yeah. we don't get along. But uh, now nah, Griff is is a good guy, good friend of mine. He's a he's a great, phenomenal player. He just has that aura about him that he. He demands perfection. He's he's he brings that he has that leadership that is instilled in him already, and uh, a lot of guys believe in him. Uh, he's just something about it, you know. When you some, it's, I don't know. It's hard to explain. You know, when a guy has that that it factor, he has it. You know, you see it in Aaron Rodgers. You see it in in Drew Brees. You see it in all the elite quarterbacks in this league. You know, he has that it factor. That's why he's he's so much advertised. That's why he's all over talked about. All around this country, he's just something about him that you know we believe in him and we feel like he's he's that missing piece to the puzzle. What about managing expectations? And in that respect, I mean this: everyone's going to compare him to Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. I yeah. mean, he 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 Absolutely. he's coming from a Heisman Trophy season, mm-hmm. just like Cam did. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a national championship like Cam, but he had a phenomenal season at Baylor yeah. last year, last two years, to yeah. be honest. Exactly. And and what Cam did last year. With no off-season workouts of which yeah. to speak, none, zero. What he did last year with his legs and with his arm too mm-hmm. was nothing short of spectacular. Mm-hmm. And and in your neck of the woods, where the Redskins are story A, B, and C, when I guess Bryce Harper isn't playing baseball, <laughs> but I mean, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what can the expectations be for RG three for him to be able to succeed? in 2012 well i hope they're high you know because we have the high expectations for ourselves so you know they're gonna be high you know he went number two but this was the first year where i felt like it was a, a one one three draft as far as two two number ones went you know in the draft and that, that's our number one draft pick and you know he he brings a lot to the table and expect expectations like you said are gonna be high we expect them to be high but you know in, in my personal opinion i just want him to just have that 
just have that that pressure free zone when he's out there playing. How can he have that though? It's it's hard, you know, especially where we live at, man. Over there in the, in the DMV area, Redskins, they diehard fans. It's it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be challenging. And you're in the money division. You know, I yeah. mean, no no disrespect to the NFC South, which in many ways could you have an argument that that's the best division Absolutely in the NFL. Not. I mean, but but the in the money division, <laughs> yeah. okay, the NFC East. He's gonna he's gonna be compared to Vic twice, yeah. even though obviously quarterbacks are never on the field at the same time. But yeah. we in the media always do this sort exactly. of business. Uh, Romo, and including Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm, and baby. then uh, Eli and the Giants, the defending world champions, yeah. twice, twice. And and so how can he? Are, and are, we beat them twice. Ain't yeah, that something? Nice. That's right. <laughs> Ain't that something? I think you were the last team. We were the last team before they went them. on that crazy run right. of theirs to beat them, to actually to to give them a good game, man. You know, that that gives us motivation. You know, those guys are going there to win the championship, and for us to to really, you know, do a number on them and really, you know, have a great game with them twice and beat them, you know, that gives us motivation being such a young team and uh you know, but our division is tough, man. It's very, very tough, and everybody knows that. You all the other numbers you see in other divisions, you can throw it out the window because the NFC East is it's physical. You know, guys are you know flying around, hitting each other. We're beating each other up basically. That's why you see these ten and sixes or these nine and seventeens because we're out there beating each other up. Right. You know, and uh, not too many people farewell in the NFC East. And uh, you know, I'm proud to be in this division. I feel like RG3 is going to fit in perfectly with our team, with our scheme in this division. And, um, you know, going against the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles is going to make the competition level even that much greater to where we see other teams is – you know, I'm not knocking any other team, but it's going to be, you Please know. Please do. Please do. It helps the podcast if you knock another team. <laughs> no, I'm really not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. But it's going to be it's, it's going to be tough, but he's really going to fare well in our division. And what, what has impressed you about him? Uh, what has impressed you about him most so far? Uh, just as he's so humble, man. That's one thing. You know, I see it in them. You know, you see a lot of guys come in. Obviously, like myself, I came in. I was, I was a guy that I wanted to earn the respect in the locker room. I wanted to make sure the vets knew I was all about business. Even though I went first round and the money and whatever was already there, I wanted to still treat treat it as if I was an undrafted guy, still trying to make my way on the team. And uh, that's how he carries himself. You know, he comes in early every day. You know, we have lockers, me, Fletch, and, uh, and Griff right there by each other, you know, talking, you know, comes in early, you know, playbook, you know, you name it. Uh, after practice, he's out there uh, still working on mechanics, you know, still getting with Kyle Shanahan on little stuff, you know, to help his game because he knows what he has at stake. And, you know, he's going he's gonna to be a great one, man, and I'm excited uh, for him. I'm excited that he's just go out there, do his thing, know that he has a defense to back him up. And uh, the sky's the limit, man. And before we do move to the defensive side of the ball, I got to ask you about the Shanahan's. And I know <laughs> I'm putting you in a tough spot, but that's what I do sometimes here on this podcast. It's all good. And you're part of the paparazzi here this week, yeah. being on Total Access and the like. <laughs> the the whole issue with the father son thing. Yeah. A lot of folks are wondering how in the world, if the offense isn't executed properly, how can the dad go to the son and uh threaten him <laughs> you know uh, i mean i mean you know how can management run with a situation where the offensive coordinator cannot be 
fired in many ways is held accountable in the same way as a player. The Jets, perfect example, Brian Schottenheimer. If Brian Schottenheimer was Rex Ryan's son, Mm -hmm. it would have been a totally different dynamic there in New York City. And then they finally, after a few years, parted ways. If it's not working in Washington, D.C., how could that be handled in a manner that every other team in the National Football League can handle it. That's a that's a phenomenal question, and that's a question I cannot answer. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, okay. I mean that's that's a hard question. I mean, you got to ask Bruce Allen on that one, our general manager. But you know, from what I see, you know, because obviously they're offensive minded coaches, they know are they they kind of our defenses. It's not that they leave us alone, but they kind of know what to expect from the, the guys that've been there, the guys. You know, because we come, you know, we're, we're a good defense. So he really just lets us do our thing. But as far as what I see in the offense, you know, they, they worked hand-in-hand hand with each other very well. So I, Sometimes I see them not really getting on each other, but just kind of like picking each other's brains, I guess. You know, um, just trying to fix the little things here and there together. But, you know, as far as answering your question, getting on Kyle if something goes wrong or whatever, there have been a few spouts. It's been not spouts, but it's been a few back and forth a little bit. But it's it's always in like that in in a, in a locker room or, or on a football team. But you know, that, it's a father son relationship. I really feel like it's going to benefit them in the long run. Though. Okay, well that's I, I, and I know again I, I I prefaced it by saying I know I was putting you in a tough spot. Yeah, but you know I got to answer politically. No, too, I know. Right? I know but, but you did you did you but you, you did give me an answer yeah, I, and I appreciate that but yeah. that to me is what an issue that everybody who sees the redskins from the outside yeah. doesn't know maybe the Aaron machinations and everybody's still wondering what happened with McNabb yeah. what happened with that yeah. and and cuz you know McNabb's always saying I I worked he McNabb will tell you to your face to your face mm-hmm. that he worked his tail off yeah. and then you hear something completely different coming out of Washington DC and everyone's wondering if it's the Shanahan's trying to protect their own yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. It just seems like so much drama. Maybe that's there because of the fact that the wins have not. Yeah. I mean, uh, it comes with a lot of frustration too. Our year with uh, this past year with five eleven, the year with Donovan, we were what? I don't remember 10 and six and 10. Uh, it hasn't been good. You know, it hasn't been good at all. And, you know, the whole Donovan situation, I, I loved what Donovan brought to the table. Obviously, Donovan McNabb, to have him on the team, got it. I grew up watching one of my favorite quarterbacks when I grew up watching him. It, it was a great time when he was there, but it just didn't work out. The relationship between the between the two did not work out, just like the situation with Albert Hainsworth. The relationship between the two did not work out. It's just, you know, just the chemistry, I guess, wasn't there. And, you know, we had to part ways if we wanted to move forward with our organization and I wish my hat off to Donovan. He was a, a great leader for us and a great ambassador of the game, and he done a lot for us and won some games for us. And you know, I wish him the best. Yeah, that Hainsworth stuff. That was. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure you you were. Oh man, I know from that that. Yeah, that was you know, that me that, being a rookie dealing with that. Mm-hmm. It it was tough because I'm like, man, I know the NFL cannot be like this. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it, it was it was it was ridiculous. I tell you that much. But uh, I'm what in every way that we were the media coming oh, out or what was going on uh, behind hey, the well, scenes. Well, or? It was just the media, the, the you know dealing dealing with the, like I said, the two two heads just budding all the time. Oh yeah, man. It was it was not a sight to see. It, you know, especially me being so young, man. I just I just wanted guys to coexist and let's get this thing going because we had so much great. I mean, we we had so many sacks together, you know, 
uh, my first year, man, Andre Carter was there making sacks. I mean, everybody, we, and then, I don't know, it just could not coexist with with, with the, the organization with him and Hainsworth. I don't know, Hainsworth didn't, like, 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, whatever. Oh, I remember I that. Yeah, it was. Oh, the conditioning drill, too. The conditioning oh, drill. Oh, that was I, delicious. Was, I mean, when I say delicious, I mean, that was fantastic for us <laughs> the media to cover. I must be honest with you. I'm not, I would never sugarcoat anything. Dude. That was, like, for us in the sports media, yeah. we would call, that's like catnip. Yeah, you know, like when yeah. you feed the cat that just, it just, they want to keep having yeah. it. They put the, the catnip in the ball and the cat keeps swapping. <laughs> oh man. For us, it was just like, is he, is he running today? He's not running didn't, today. Oh, he's didn't not. you run and it the, or something? I, didn't, I, didn't I have run condition. No, I've run forties. I run forties well, and, okay. and I run it and I run it very fast for a person <laughs> oh, yeah. in my condition and in my suit and tie <laughs> and lace up Zenya Crocs at the time. But yes, I mean, wow. And then he was in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was playing like final snaps and preseason games. It was on, Brian. Yeah, oh my I gosh. Knew. Well, I'll let you off the hook right there. So defensively, London Fletcher's back. What does yep. that mean to your defense to have him Right there in the middle means a lot, man. He he he's just such a professional, man. He he brings a lot to the table as far as the way he plays. Never misses, never the misses belt. a game, never misses a snap. I mean, the guy's just. I mean, if you really want to build yourself around a guy, a team, a player, that's the guy you want to build your, your team around because he's he's just an ambassador of the game, just a, a great veteran, a great model for the game. You know, for what he does on and off the field and. The guy's intensity is such such an age. I think he's about 36, 37 right now, and he's still playing like he's 22. Very high level. Very high level. I mean, I don't I, – I, me personally, I think I still I still think he has like five years in me, to, to be honest with you. Because at, that, what, at that position? At that position because he's not slowing down. He's not. I, I mean, you can say that the age is creeping up or whatever, and it is, but he is not slowing down whatsoever, and – you know he he he's just a great teammate to have. What about the rest of this defense? How do you how do you see it coming together? I feel like we're going to be great. I mean, I, my expectations are very high for this defense. How myself. high? How high? What are you talking about? Man, I don't, I don't really have numbers, but I mean, we're, we were ranked what 13 13th. last year yep. and up from 31. Up from 31, and that's in one year jump. And you know, considering. The situation uh, that we were in, you know, I really feel like I was good. And at a point, five games left in the season, we were top ten. I don't know if we were like number eight, six, something, something like that. And we we kind of teetered off. We ran out of gas a little bit and fell at thirteen. But you know, got myself is back. You know, we got Ryan Kerrigan is back. Another young young stud. He's got the motor. You got the motor. Uh, got you got Cofield. You got. Bowen, the guy that came in, uh, Stephen Bowen, the defensive tackle, came in and, and led our tackles with sacks. We got Fletcher's back. We got secondary. We got Brandon May, Brandon Merriweather's with us now. We got uh, D'Angelo's back. We, we got a lot of a lot of good pieces on our defense that you know that's really going to help. Tanar Jackson, we signed. Uh, Madu Williams. I mean, we got a lot of great pieces that we're just going to get better. Put me in your shoes. What's it like to go hunt in the NFL? You're lining up. It's uh, third and six. What's what's this like? What what's uh, going just, through the temples, Brian? Oh man, just it's, it's like I don't know if you paid attention. You you watch the Hunger Games? You know anything about it? Uh, yeah, we just talked about that uh, actually yeah. with Olivia. A little yeah, bit. it's kind of like that. You just got that desire to go to go kill. You know, third any kind of third and long situation, you got that that hunger to go kill. You know, like it's like it's the last play of the game or whatever. You know, we we have it. 
you know, either if I'm standing up in a two point or if I'm in a my four point stance, uh, you know. Which one do you prefer? Uh, it really doesn't matter, but everybody knows me. I, I and my teammates know I love my four point stance. That's mm-hmm. that's my that's my that's my trademark. But I, I can rush out of two. I, I've been doing that for a while now, and I'm I'm really good at it. So. But my four point is my trademark. When it's third and twelve, best believe I'm going to be in my four point. So um, you know it, it's a great feeling, especially when you get that sack, man. It's a, it's a. I speak for any defensive end, line, outside backer. You know it's a, it's a, a, a feeling that you you can't. You know it's just like scoring a touchdown. You know you get a sack and then you do your dance and then you you get off the What's field. What's your dance? Do you ever dance? I'm not a dance, but your sack your sack celebration. What is everybody just- knows it's like a roar that I have, and I kind of like. You know, I roar and I'm roaring at the sky almost. You know, with my head up to the to the ceiling or whatever. And right, you lose yeah. yourself. Yeah, you just kind of lose yourself. You know, everybody has their own little trademark thing. Are you thinking about something in particular though, or just the X's and O's? You're, what do you mean? Just some people think about you know uh, maybe that guy across from you is trying to take food off your table. You create like these uh, mind tricks in your head to get yourself fired up, or you just. Uh, yeah, what, yeah. What's that like? Is that is that exist or no? Yeah, it does in certain situations. You know, um, you know, just trying to be the best that you can be. Trying to, I, I want to be the best at this position. You know, I know we have, a, I have a lot of respect, and uh, you know, to, to be honest, the best at my position I, right now in the game to me is Demarcus Ware. So I try to be the best that I can be. Why you know, is D-Ware the best? Because he's the one that's the most productive from the time he entered the league. And what he does, what he brings to the table, you can talk about everybody else, but I feel like he's the one that kind of sets the standard for guys like myself. You know, that's that's what I'm going into my fourth year, and he's been doing it for what? He's going on eight, something like that? I don't know. I, I But I, I, I try to not pattern my game, but I look what he does. Obviously, we all do. We all look at the numbers. Every Sunday, I know we nobody likes to admit it, but we all look at what guys are doing around the league, and that's one guy that's been consistent uh, year in and year out. So, you know, I try to be – I, I want to be the best at my position when it's all said and done. Sizzle's going to be pissed when he hears this. Oh, I got a lot of love for, for Terrell, you okay. know. He he was obviously defensive player of the year this past year. Yeah, but, I mean, he's probably – Yeah, he's, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he'd be all right. I mean, you, you, you hunters like, you know, pounding your chest. Yeah, and you all think yeah, that, you know. Yeah, we all got a lot of got a lot of pride. A lot I feel pride. like I'm the best. He feels like he's the best. You know, Matthews feels like he's probably the best. Julius Peppers feels like he's the best. No doubt. You know, it's just that's just how the nature of the game. What about dropping back in coverage? Yeah, uh, something. Do you sometimes think, like, why am I have to do <laughs> that? Now I know you got to switch things up, <laughs> yeah, throw the curveball to change sports metaphors at the at the offense. Yeah, but I mean, some I would think, you know, put me in a spot. I mean, come on. I mean, right? everybody would. Lo- I would love to. I mean, I'm just not gonna lie. Haslett, just, stuff. Coach Haslam knows we would love to have me me just rushing every play. You know, but you know, sometimes you have to switch it up. You know, so we're in a three four defense. And, you know, you have to, you know, give the illusion of you rushing at times and then you drop back in coverage and hopefully get an interception or hopefully, you know, get a pass break or a big tackle. So, right. you know, I'm all for it. I'm a team player. But, you know, if it was a perfect world, I would love to rush every down. Is there a quarterback you particularly enjoy hitting more than any other? Oh, man. It was relieving to get to Vic finally. <laughs> to be honest, relieving, with you. huh? Relieving, man. Vic knows when I seen him, uh, I forgot when I seen him recently, but. Vic knows, man. I can't stand chasing this man around, you know, for four four quarters, you know. And then when he's in our division, you got to see him twice. Just the guy is just a great player, man, as far as, like, 
his speed, his ability to to uh, to to make us miss, you know, and the ability to throw it down. He's a he's a dual threat guy. Throw it down the field with such a big arm, man. Just chasing the guy around, man. He weighs you out, man. We hate it, you know. So we try to make sure we corral him. Is RG three like that? He's like that, man. Is he has really? that ability. He has exactly. that ability. He has that same you ability. I've seen it. it. See it in practice. We had these mini camps. We had these OTAs, and I seen it at Baylor. You know, he's the first. And so funny about it when we drafted Griff. Um, I think it was my senior year. I want to say he was young. He he was he was young, I believe. Very uh, redshirt free. I don't know what he was, but he came in in the second half. We were pretty much about to, the starters in the Texas was pretty much about to leave the game. When but, you were a senior, yeah, when I was a senior, uh-huh. and he came in for a series or so. The game was already out of hand, and he did an option or a zone read play, and the guy took off for seventy five yards down off field in in uh, in Austin, Texas, and I'm like. Damn, this guy, he is fast as hell, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew he had that much talent. I mean, he was missing tackles and breaking, making guys miss, and, you know, and he carried that, and he got built that year in and year out, and he has that same ability that Vic. Not, probably not as elusive and as, you know, Vic has his sort of another gear. Another gear that Vic has. Lateral, very, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but as far as lateral, I feel like if they ran, I don't know. I don't know. They're very similar. I can't really compare it, but they're very similar in the way they run. Chris Fowler, uh, you know, from ESPN and the game day, I'm sure yeah. the game day crew was was in Austin a few times when yeah. they were there too. Yeah. Uh, I had him on the podcast in January, and he said RG3's, uh, Griff's best attribute is throwing the long ball, the yeah. deep ball. That yeah. He's better at that than running it. Yeah, because RG3's not a guy. He's not a guy that wants to run the ball, to be honest with you. He's not a guy. He he wants to throw the ball down the field. He wants. He is a pocket quarterback. I mean, running the ball is not something he wants to really do. You know, he wants to get the ball downfield, get it to his big play receivers, and and make that big play. And we've seen it in many camps, and we've seen it in OTAs. And he loves throwing that deep ball, and he throws very accurately and, and, and right on point to his guys. Brett Favre told Deion Sanders this week that he would have taken RG three over Luck. I would have too. Him. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously he's your teammate too. <laughs> I'm telling you, the pressure, yeah. the pressure. I mean, we all love talking about that in the media, yeah. the pressure. The reason why we, we love talking about pressure is because we're the ones applying it. We, yeah, exactly. we want to think that we're making a difference. Exactly. You know what I mean? So what's the pressure like? Yeah. You know, it's like, Where I'm, is it coming from? You're not sitting there, I know, over third and eight, third and 12, thinking, wow, boy, the pressure's on me right now. You, yeah. No athlete thinks that way. Yeah. But then it's when it's the, the game's over and then practice throughout the whole week. Mm-hmm. And, man, what is coming for this young man, oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come that, like a like a huge it's hurricane. Coming. It's coming, but um, he's something he's prepared for it. He's he's been in limelight ever since he's been in college, and I know it's gonna be on another level with the NFL. But I really feel like he's ready for it. And on the flip side, I mean, if it works out, how I mean that Mid Atlantic area is so ready for somebody mm-hmm. like him. Mm-hmm. They they are I mean so primed. Yeah. For Robert Griffin the third to succeed because if he succeeds there he will be a God. legend he will yeah, be yeah. he really be will God. be in yeah. that mid-atlantic area uh that this oh man they're so yeah they're ready for hungry. it great you know the, the rescue nation man they're ready for it I really feel like if there's any time to be a Redskin fan this is the perfect year to be one because I really feel like the future of this team with him you know leading that offense our defense is steady getting better, mm-hmm. steady, you know, we're good, and we're going to take it to that next level this year too. I mean, 
We're going to be scary. I'm I, telling you. I mean, I, I've been to, um, I went to the old RFK years ago yeah. for a Redskin cow, a Cowboy Redskin game. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I'm good, for NFL Network this fall, our first Thursday night game is Bears Packers. I've never seen that up close either. Mm-hmm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. But to be at a Red a Cowboy Redskin game at the old RFK, uh, I mean, where we were in the second row of the upper deck yeah. over the end zone to the and the old RFK when there was a play in the back of the end zone, we yeah. had to get up and lean over to see it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, that's how. The, I mean, what it a crazy what a stadium. Like oh yeah. man, what a stadium it was. And I'll never forget walking in the parking lot. One of the um, one of the Redskins fans was hanging Danny White in effigy like this 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 doll mm-hmm. with a, a Randy with a with a with a Danny White jersey, the yeah. old Cowboy quarterback. Yeah. And White was seven years out of the game. That's how much they they were. For real? Yeah. Danny White <laughs> was like long gone, and they're still they're still ticked still, off at him. Yeah. And I just love that still, sort yeah. of passion that Redskins fans have oh yeah it's it's, How, it's die i'm telling you it's on another level it it's really die hard but you saw that though with longhorn fans yeah though, and you? that's why i'm surprised though because i seen it like you said i'm my texas days longhorn nation is crazy they're they're crazy die hard loyal fans and uh so i'm like man I, i'm you know i'm good when i go to the you know dc i'm good you know because i'm used to it but this is on another level is it really well. yeah okay. this it's, it's very similar to be honest with you that's why you know, I have an advantage when I go to Texas and I can fit in right in because it's the same type of aura as far as the fans and the loyalty and the diehard and the ness that they have. And, you know, but this Redskins fans, man, they just – Texas has always been good, you know. With, with Redskins, we've just been so down, you know. We've been down, on the, you know, the past I don't know how many years as far as our productivity on the field. And right. so they're kind of like starving for us to be successful. You know, not only make the playoffs, but just being the super – Super Bowl, win the Super. We want to do all those things. All those expectations are there, and you know that's why we we're trying. We're trying. There's a handful of NFL stadiums that have similar uh, college-like experiences mm-hmm. when you go there, like uh, the Chiefs. Yeah. If I've played in Arrowhead yet, it's 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 similar it's, it's to like that. that. It is college like that, atmosphere. no doubt. I know Seattle's um, like that. Seattle's Seattle feels like that a yeah, little bit too. It does. Uh, the Redskins. With you got the band, you yeah. know, they're all singing the same song yeah. after a yeah. touchdown. Yeah. There's yeah. not that you don't get that in yeah. some you don't get that. NFL stadiums. Green Bay feels like a college game. Yeah. Baltimore sometimes feels like a college game to me. Yeah, you know, I love it though. The it's, way it is, the, sure. the smoke the band is playing when we score a touchdown. You know, the we got the hogs are still out there. <laughs> you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 a great feeling, man. That's why I'm just I'm 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 craving for mm-hmm. a success with this team. You know, because you know these fans deserve it. Our team deserves it. We work hard, and it's coming. And you're so good at what you do, Brian. I sometimes think it's so easy. Even a caveman <laughs> can do it. Go. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> I knew that was coming, man. You How know about what? you in the Geico commercial? <laughs> hey, man. I like to where, where did that come from? Yeah, I'm just, you know, to be honest with you, I, I love I love working. And I'm just, I love working with the caveman and Geico. <laughs> it was it was phenomenal. And I'm just glad to do it because I kind of, I, I kind of wanted to represent not only myself and the Redskins, but just defensive players. Or you, homo sapiens everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know. <laughs> You're representing homo, yeah. human be- humans. Human beings, yeah. Exactly. Homo sapiens. <laughs> All of us who stand up and walk yeah. the planet. 
So you were, yeah, how, did come, how did that come about? Did you just get a call from Geico saying, We hey, worked look. it out, you know, we worked it out. We, it was mostly we wanted to do a local thing sure. within the, the DMV area for the Redskins and with the cavemen. I know they, we did some things. They did some things with uh, Zimmerman locally, uh-huh. Ryan Zimmerman. So, uh, you know, they pitched out to me. They reached out to me. Um Got it done. We got the deal done. And then all of a sudden, I hear they want to do, do a spot nationally. So I'm thinking, like, wow. You mean nationally, like playing Monday night football with a game, the, the yeah. commercials coming on, or yeah. anytime, you know, ESPN, whatever, you name it. Uh, it, was, it was phenomenal, man. I, I mean, I had, a, I had a blast, you know. It was a true honor being so young and already in commercials and stuff and doing this. Because it's, it's, I'm still humbled by things that I do, you know, as far as, you know, doing even doing this doing, you know, ESPN, you guys with the NFL Network. I'm still very humbled as far as doing stuff. And to get that caveman call, and uh, it, it was phenomenal just representing, especially the defense, man. Because, you know, defense, we don't get a lot of love, man. As far as, like, because yeah. it's a touchdown quarterback. They want the guys to score the quarterback. They want guys to score touchdowns. And mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to represent them, the, out, the outside backers, those pass rushers right. that are, that are, you know, you know, out there trying to get endorsements. Well, the NFL Network experience is a lot more fun than the ESPN experience. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, we're we're we we there's a no a brotherhood. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of you know a little, little, little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, like what kind you know, of rivalry though? Well, sort of like you know, we want to be the best. Oh, I we want to be considered best. We feel you feel like we're you the best, are. sort of in the same way. Yeah, you know, and I don't like dropping back either. I like yeah. just I, I've got my own sort of four point yeah you know yeah. that i like to get in yeah. and i like i mean if i see wingo i see berman yeah. i'm gonna get my four point i'm gonna go get him yeah exactly I'm gonna go hunt. exactly every exactly. sunday morning when i do my four hour sunday morning trying to show, kill him huh? i mean yeah you know in a figurative sense yeah, in a fig- you see, know what i mean so no but you can say that and get away with it i say that i get arrested <laughs> i say that there's a restraining order <laughs> yeah all of a sudden that comes from connecticut somebody's knocking on my door i wouldn't you know I I think ESPN has a, a restraining order for me anyway. I don't oh, think yeah. I'm allowed within 2,000 feet wow, of that building. Is that bad? No, it's not. Oh, I like it's... saying that. I like playing that sort oh, of stuff. I left on playing... great terms, Brian. That's good. That's real good. I left on good terms. But, yeah, no, we, we like figuring we're the best. You yeah, know, that's I mean, good. And you guys are, you. man. You guys are working. You. you guys are. But don't you, you, you know, I mean, you, you, you got to feel that way when you go to ESPN, too. Yeah. You got to tell them that. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't so want to be, back, I don't want to be hearing you on another podcast or another <laughs> place saying, no, you guys are the best. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you really feel it, you no, like do we cannot, yeah, don't dog us out. <laughs> I guarantee you this. Uh, have you gone through the Bristol car wash? Is yeah, I did, the, I did the car wash. Now it's your guys' car wash this time, okay, but good. I did the car wash before. Was there Olivia Munn in that car wash in Bristol? Yeah. I, I will answer that question for you. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is yeah, no. You're right about that. See, we raise all boats here <laughs> at NFL Network and the NFL Media. Brian, you're a pleasure to chat with, man. Uh, right. Good luck. I hope, I hope only the greatest things for you. Uh, unfortunately, um, because you play on Thanksgiving, we don't get to see you on Thursday night football. So I would say I'd see oh, you down yeah. the road. Okay. Yeah, all, be, yeah, all, all, every team plays once on Thursday because yeah. they want to keep it nice and even. Nice and, and even like yeah, that. Oh. But that's going to be great for you. What yeah. a great Thanksgiving. And in Texas yeah. as well. Yeah, it'll be in Are you going to be. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it's gonna Are the a, ticket requests already coming in for you right now? Uh, they're going to be coming. So oh, that's know. coming just like yeah. the RG3 thing's coming? It's <laughs> coming, coming. Like it's, a, it's a hurricane coming. You're going to have to be collecting tickets. Yeah. Start now. I should. Right? Go ahead and knock it out Because how far is Dallas from your – so you're born in Houston. I was born in Houston, so it's about four hours. Okay. But you know Austin is about two two hours. Okay. So Austin's right in the middle. Oh, so, they're coming for you. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. 
It's coming. Come watch. But, but, um, will they will it. they wear Redskins gear in, in the Jones Mahal? Absolutely. Anybody that represents me is wearing Redskins gear. I don't care how much of a Cowboy fan you are. Just don't don't let me know about I it. I imagine <laughs> there must be a lot of Cowboy fans that are rooting for you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was so funny when I got drafted. They. So many fans, you know, they were like, I can't believe you. You, you you going to the Redskins. You, I love you so much, but why you have to pick the Redskins? Like, I had a choice in the first, first of <laughs> yeah, all. Like, right. come on, man. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I, I, this, I mean, I love, I love my, I love the Redskins. I love the organization. And, you know, it is what it is. I am from Texas. You know, we do have a lot of Texas players on the Redskins teams, but when we play the Cowboys, man, we're trying to, we're trying to get at their heads, man. Well, Good luck to you. Enjoy watching uh, RG three blossom from a front row seat, yeah. and um, that'll be that'll be a fun experience. Yeah. And, and and I look forward Appreciate to the next it. time Thanks you come on. You oh, bet. Yeah. You bet. I sh- I shaved for you today. Oh, you did. Well, no, I shaved for Olivia, but um, <laughs> but I just you know I don't want you to think you're working with a caveman. <laughs> was that chess or checkers? Was that chess? Oh, uh, che- I think it was checkers. Was it checkers? It was Scrabble? It was Scrabble? It was Scrabble? No, it was Scrabble. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Scrabble. I forgot myself. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Neanderthal. That's, that's, <laughs> good to see you, Brian. All right, man. That's Thank Brian Arakpo on the Rich Eisen podcast. Love me some Arakpo. That was a lot of fun. I love meeting young, quality people slash football players. I, I'd never met Brian Arakpo. I'd, I mean, I'd spoken to him on Redskins Cam on a couple of NFL Total Accesses. I'd never met him face to face. You know, I, I love, and, and you could tell when a, a kid comes out of a program like Mac Brown's program, you know, like no you could doubt. see his head's on straight yep. and he's a good dude. And man, can he hunt? Can he hunt? He was enjoying, uh, he sat in, in the control room with us for most of Olivia Munn's yeah. uh, interview, which doesn't typically happen. Uh, we try and time up our guests so they don't overlap. Well, I mean, I think uh, what I did was I, 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 I went long with Olivia. You went a little long. Well, you know what? We were having fun. That interview tried to end six times. I don't, we, we call that a Jewish goodbye, <laughs> normally. But I don't think that you can have that with Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and she sort of, you know, the... the, the um, she had fun. <laughs> she was I all... mean, she... I mean, her book ideas were, were a little out there. <laughs> well, they're bleep-worthy. Yeah, they're bleep-worthy. Yeah, I'm busy this week. That's Man, that was fun. We'll get her back on. And I just love her concert concept that Romo settled down and he's got a kid. And when, when you got that, you know, you're not going to try the, the pressure's not nearly as on. Cause you got, you got bigger pressures. I'm going to hold life. you to bringing, this bringing that up, up on game, on day, game morning. day morning. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to that. Well, you know, guys, I was talking to Olivia Munn a few weeks ago on my and, podcast. Mooch will go. Mooch is going to text me <laughs> after Olivia appears on television. And his question will be, "Who was that?" That uh, that pink. Uh, what is that uh, little pink number? wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. She's pretty in pink. What's pretty what's Jim pink. Morris Senior gonna say? We'll we'll find out. He'll say, "Why why why didn't you invite where, me? Where, where was I? Why didn't you invite me? Well, because you know he's never talked about Olivia. Uh, you know he will see Magic Mike. I was going to say chances he, will, he sees Magic. He's going to see Magic Mike. Sarah, yeah. had, Sarah had a great question. Uh, yes, how Sarah. many? How many? Oh, no, go ahead and ask it. How many diddly poos would he give Olivia? Oh, that's a zero diddly poo right there. It's a zero diddly poo. Yeah, nice. I mean, she's number two on the maxim list. This is true. And as you as you saw, she's a very nice, very nice young lady. Uh, did it get awkward at all at any point? Whenever she then just said, started talking about her breasts, and then saying, seeing the movie. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I she, she just because I can multitask. Yeah. Um, I I um went ahead 
and got movie tickets on my <laughs> on my you BlackBerry. Right I see. I, I said I fandangoed on my BlackBerry immediately. Uh, notice I didn't. But notice I, I said BlackBerry, not my handheld device. There you go. Yes. Yes. I didn't. You know, because that. Hi. Oh. You know. <laughs> I went on my when she was talking about oh, that boy. being topless in Magic Mike. I immediately went for my handheld device. <laughs> see, that doesn't sound good. No. no. <laughs> I went for my went for my BlackBerry. Speaking of tight ends, and got tickets. No, but my my uh, yeah, my wife has seen the film already before through the uh, Soderbergh collect, uh, connection. Nice. Yeah, See? it looks. Hilarious. By the way, your wife has some serious connections. Yeah. Yeah, I married up. Married up. Well done. Thank you. I'm taking notes. Am I a name dropper? Be honest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really? said last week. Look, prior were, to are. prior to last night, you were number one on my name dropper list. <laughs> you met you met and the manager then, then of the I stars. Met the ultimate name dropper. Yes. Of name dropper. John Carabino, manager John of the Carabino. stars. But um, really, I don't think I am. There's. Let me. You know. You guys. Again. Seriously. In all seriousness, here. Well, it's because of the nature. Hold on of a minute. Work. The nature of the podcast, and right. we have we have as is. As you guys have seen, the evolution of this show. Oh, I'm sure my we friends have, think I'm we a have, dropper, too. We have begun, we have started sharing our personal experiences, correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, it's an, we're beginning to make this an open book situation. Yes. Like our, our intros and outros are, are meandering conversations. Free flow. Let's say, well, not meandering, but uh, stream of consciousness right. about exactly. our lives. Of course. Exactly. We don't talk about it beforehand. We just talk about it here. So there are some things that go on in my life that, you know, I, I talk about. They involve a name every now right. and again. And so um, in that respect, you know, for me to say uh, what's going on, you know things that have gone on in my life that I don't mention here. I've pulled up stakes. I could have, I could, I could, I could, if you really want me to name drop, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Which in a way people could take as me sort of a passive aggressive name dropping. We want that the I, name dropping to be organic. That's. I don't know. I'll take it. If this is a criticism, I'll take not it. A this crit- isn't a criticism. Not a criticism. You know. You know who? What was funny when we had um, uh, Ray Romano on? Yeah. He was like, "See, that's a name. That's a name drop. Wanting, that's yeah. a name drop right there. That was a name drop. But that's not a name drop. But he was talking about not wanting to be a name dropper. And then within a five minute span, he's like, right. "I played Augusta the day after the Masters with Les Moonves. Right. And, right, and just right, right. the story just kept going. That and was going. really funny because we looked at each other like, "Really? You don't want to be you a name dropper, Ray? Dropper? And then well, he, he did say that, but he also knew. But it's also, you know. But when your friends are those people, it's, it's what not are you going to really do? Yeah, when when not, Ray yeah. Romano is running in certain circles that 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 many people when can you're only at, wish when you're, for. When you're at a Stanley Cup party at Matthew Perry's house, well, you, you, you I didn't bring it up. No, I asked that day, because, because I, I didn't bring it up. Pictures. And then when I tweeted it out, right, I didn't say where I was. No, no, no. And then Matthew Perry immediately tweeted from a similar venue. And okay. I, I put it well, together. you put two and two together. Right. I did not come right, in. And did I even say to you? Did I even off the air? Did I say to you where I was? No. No, I did not. You didn't. I didn't even text you guys while no. I was out there saying I'm at this sick party no, at Matthew Perry's and was, house. And, and guess why. who else is here? David Beckham's here. Should right. I keep going? Right. No, your wife. Did I say that? Your wife did I say, the posh spice. Did I say that last Ooh, week? You did not. What posh? Yeah, Sue, well, Susie posh. and I were talking, and she was uh, posh. Was there? She walked by. Now posh I'm name dropping. Now that the cat's line. out of the bag. Cat's right. out of the bag. Well, I'm saying. No, but seriously, there I. This is because your wife and I had a conversation there, about it last night. There, you did call yourself the biggest name dropper in the world. To just, Olivia. To, just to Olivia. Yeah, Mon. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. He's oh, pausing man. now. He's pausing. I He's am. <laughs> Sarah, you break the tie. 
Look, it's not even a tie. Look, all I'm saying Sarah, is, hold on a minute. Let her, Sarah. Right. You listen. You listen, and you're, I have a side you're like you were. You were like the. You were like the quiet observer. You have you the have, podcast whisperer. You're the podcast whisperer. <laughs> okay. You have sat there from your seat for probably what would you say sixty seventy percent of these eighty percent of these. I've worked on this show. Huh. Since day one, I've worked right, on Right, but you're not, yeah. sometimes your shift doesn't oh, sure, coincide. Sure. So, but but you've probably, you've witnessed 80 to 90% of these. You do name drop, but you're, you're more of a podcast dropper. The word podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not, that, that I'm not af- afraid to admit. That's <laughs> yeah, the whole, you that's, do account with that. That's the, that's the, if not me, who, if not now, when philosophy. Mm. All I'm saying All is, right. Rich, you are forever now a silver medalist. <laughs> after after we met we met the gold medalist oh, for life. That okay? guy was incredible. Seriously, let's get him on. on. I don't know if we can get him on. Come on, John, the manager to the stars, at John one, Carabino. At one point, John was introduced to people should just to, Google him. He's a, the greatest. To another pretty high profile person that was there last yeah. night, yeah. and uh, the guy introduced himself, and John never once told the guy his name, and then said, and then and the guy goes, "Oh, pleasure meeting you," and he goes, "Yes, the pleasure was all yours." <laughs> That's what he said. He does shake. He does. He shakes your hand and goes, "It's so nice to meet me." It's so nice to meet me. So nice. It really throws people off. It's it's amazing. Your wife called him the uh, Andre Agassi of conversationalists because uh, his return is so quick. If you're you're not ready, (laughs) it's going to go right by. He does stand there at the baseline, lets the game come to him, and he returns serve. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Is that what you called him? That's a great line. (laughs) That's nice. I stole it from your wife. That's good. Yeah, it was good. Um, Yeah, we're referring to the Great Escape. Uh, screening party. All right. Yes. You know, okay. So I'm a dream dropper. This is tough for me to handle. <laughs> no, where that yeah, it it's could a, be it's worse, a badge Rich. of honor, Rich. It could be worse. It's a badge it of honor. Be, that's what I'm saying is it, it could right. be worse. Yeah, exactly. No, you're not, you're not too bad. You, no, 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 no. You go in, you go in fits. I guess, it's never out of your way. It's, 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 it's in the context of the conversation. <laughs> you mean, you mean Larry Fitzgerald, my yes. friend, Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> there you go. You were getting a lot of Twitter love yesterday. Hey, I pulled out all the stops. I sent out. Yeah, whatever emails and texts and like, hey, would you mind? Oh, it was good. And then some just did it on their own accord. You awesome. good? All be, right. Be proud. It was a good hey, show. Uh, I like along it. the lines of name dropping, we have Adam Carolla coming up later this yeah. week. Be great. Always love having. It. I think this he might with this appearance become the one who's appeared on the podcast the most. Is that three or four? I don't know. Now? Hank. No, Hank is still in character and Hank personally. Character, yeah. By the way, we need to get Hank, Hank back for some summer thoughts. He is currently shooting Smurfs two. Uh, oh, he played Gargamel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Smurfs too. I think he's shooting that in Canada. Gotcha. And uh, well, I've heard I've heard starts, also good news. I'm, uh, and I can't say any more. Uh, but I've heard good news on the Brock Meyer movie front. Good as well. Are we featured? That, that ball is rolling. Now that's not the good. It's not all about you. Sorry. Not all about you, Chris. But it will be maybe one day. Maybe, That's why I'm being nice to you. Maybe one day, Rich. You see me as a threat. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rich. Thanks to Olivia Thanks, Munn. Rich. Go see her movie, Magic Mike. TiVo, the newsroom, but watch The Great Escape on TNT. Um, Sunday nights. On Sunday nights, 10 Eastern time. It's a fun show. I personally guarantee freshness each and every week. Um, Adam Carolla later on this week on the Rich Eisen Podcast. I want to thank Brian Arakpo of the Redskins as well. Peace out. Stay listening.